YouTubers, Facebookers, boys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining another the another wonderful episode of the Mountain Dew Review. See, this is why I'm not a rapper or a hip hop artist. <laughs> I slur my words. The only cool thing I got is this mustache. Um, good Mountaineers, thank you for tuning in. Today we have the unknown legend, the awesome K and R. Yes. Um, we're gonna learn a lot about him today. I just discovered him not too long ago. So it's a learning lesson for us. I love these interviews where I barely know the yeah. guy interviewing because then it's more of an organic. Yeah. Like so, I find myself giving spoilers. Okay. About yeah. the other artist I know. Yeah. There's no. So here, there's like absolutely no spoilers. I know his real name. I know. So, his real you know, name, which <laughs> is the my real name and my artist name. I mean the K is Kyle, of course. So. You know, that's that's the only thing I really know. Um, I, I know kind of how he got started a bit, but we're just going to jump right in and learn about K&R, and let's, uh, let's do it. Let's get it. So, I like to always start off, where are you from? Where'd you grow up at? Uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. You know, it was right across the bridge, and uh, lived throughout the whole city, you know. My mom just, you know, moved. She was a um, little GM for McDonald's and stuff, so she had a nice amount of money here, you know, especially back in the late 90s, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, pulling in a few, a couple thousand a month, whatever. It's pretty good in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But, so we were never broke, but my city is a drug struggle, so, you know, it was always around me regardless of no matter where we moved, it was always someone had it somewhere, and I've, I've never touched meth, and I don't say that to put it down on anyone, but... Think that surprises people, especially with the environment. Oh yeah, around. you know, coming from Council Bluffs, everybody <laughs> knows you. Uh... I just made a joke today. I said, it "Smells like fall with the hint of meth out today." <laughs> to my and my aunt got it, and she knows that's, how the city is. But <laughs> that's hilarious. I always tell everybody that uh, if you thought Lance Armstrong and the Tour de France is amazing, you should watch a crackhead and. <laughs> Council Bluffs get the call from the dealer and watch him take off on a fucking girl's Barbie bike. I don't mean to get too far off. I've seen this dude one time, just one quick tweaker story. This dude, he's mowing this yard. And, like, I'm a pretty quick worker. Like, I'm here to bust stuff out, get it done, get home, whatever. But this dude is... I had never seen someone move that fast with the lawnmower before. It was crazy. That was just like one story right off the top of my head. It gets pretty crazy in Council Bluffs. And then he had missed spots all over, probably. <laughs> yes, yes. There's uh, definitely a user side and a dealer side. And the dealer side, you'll see cops down there busting houses out and stuff like that. Uh, I was just riding up the street the other day, so and they had the, you know the cops, the undercovers, all at this house pulling people out. So definitely come from a city where. It's not gangster hard, but it's drug hard. Definitely. And there's a lot of wannabe gangsters there, but I'm going to shut up about that because I don't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, uh, so you grew up in Council Bluffs. Yes. Um, how'd you end up getting into the music scene then? Uh, well, I started writing when I was 14 in 2005, a couple months before Wayne dropped the Carter too. So I've actually been, you know, a lot of my learning, my writing skills and styles come from more like, the Ludacris's, the Nellies, the Waynes, the, even into Drake. But after that, I really said, I don't want to go and continue to listen to the newer rappers coming out. I'm going to create my own style. So I kept it to those are my influences. And I don't, it's not that I don't care about music. I just want to be as original as possible. So I most definitely try to keep my music to my, you know, my yep. music influences light, if that makes any sense. 
I, I can definitely understand that. Um, makes it less seem like you're copycatting people. Exactly. And I'm, you know, when you're like, oh, you sound just like, <clears throat> you know, Drake, yeah. or you sound like, uh, you know, DJ Khaled or something. Yes. You know? and it's, it, I, I totally get that. Um, so then, with those being your influences, how'd you get into the local scene? Okay, that's what I was going to get. I was just going to say, that's where my writing starts, my actual writing. I, uh... My sister had a boyfriend, and he's like, hey, bro, I got these open mics I go to. And uh, just so happened to be uh, my, the host of my first open mic was Nevis. Nevis, shout Nevis out. 402, and uh, so that was just a blessing. He and just it, had one of his first headlining I shows. was there for it. I, yes, I was most definitely there for it. I made sure I was there for it because he was the host of my first open mic. That's awesome. And, and again, guys, listen to K&R, open mic. It's very important if you guys complain about not getting booked and not getting time on stages. Open mics are the best place. And that is my official start in the local get up scene. And completely suck ass at, but hone your craft because <laughs> exactly. you get better every time you do it. Yes, and you feel the audience and you feel more comfortable on the stage. Now, someone like me, I'm just even. I've had people tell me like, "Wow, bro, you just natural. You're just up there, and you're just like, you have no fears." And I was like, "I don't. It's just me in that stage, and the audience gets to witness. That's how I. That's how I go up that's, there. That's you know, awesome. You know, that's my mentality to really get in my own zone. Of course, I love the audience. So, where stuff. was that open mic night at? I was gonna say, actually, in Council Bless, the Cube. It's a little place called the Cube. He ran okay. nice enough. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not nice enough entertainment. But because of him, I ended up meeting Justin Strawstone. That's all I was gonna say. And going on to one of his. Uh, Open mics at the Lookout Lounge. Yeah. I don't want to misquote anything, but it, it was a I, 2019 it, open mic that nice enough I think held. it was at Lookout is where he was doing those. So yes. over there off of 72nd and like Farnham. Yes. And then, uh, oh, by the way, just to backtrack a little bit, when you meet people like this, be careful what you say to them. This ain't a blueprint. This is how I did it. I just want to just be careful what you say, man, because you could be in front of an influencer with thousands and thousands of fans and just not being taken serious by them and mess up your whole brand before you ever even knew it. So don't take what I say as a blueprint for you to go out and try because I took a lot of risk on this run. Yeah, Lots of risk. Again, like he says, be professional. I mean, that's that's what it's kind of boiling down to. Like, you, you never know what guy's out there in the crowd watching you. Open mic night anywhere. Or who's hosting them. You know, it, it, exactly. <laughs> the host the is one the one guy, with the connections. The one guy hosting it, you may think, oh, this dude ain't shit, but then he knows every promoter in the city. And next he just thing had you his know, first headlining show. <laughs> you know, you do a dope set on this open mic night, and he's passing your name to every promoter in town who's now dying to have you on to see what you have. I wish it was that good, but, <laughs> well, no, nevertheless, but <laughs> nevertheless, I continued meeting host of open mics and different show promoters, and then... I found my way to the down under and haven't left since pretty much other than the COVID, you know, COVID yeah, happened. Yeah. I took my break. I, when I took my break, I went back. I studied my tapes of all my open mics that I had. I really like, what am I? I got my stage presence down. Where am I going wrong in my voice? And I knew it. There wasn't much passion when I first started out. But the more I've wanted it and the more drive I've gotten and the more I've had serious people in the scene tell me I'm, they're going to help me take this serious. And we'll get to those names if we do. I most definitely have been like more passionate in my like learning like this is how you put passion you know what I mean yeah, yeah that's that's awesome again guys a drive will take you very very far like yes. it, and it's not just a passion for money or clout it's a passion for doing good art if you weren't really listening to K&R's words here it's 
taking passion for what you want and crafting it better. You know, and that's his drive to become a better artist. Yes. It isn't to be the best. It's to be the best artist he can be, guys. Remember, it's all subject. It's all in the eye of the beholder. And if some good rappers say I'm good, too, uh, it puts a smile on my face. It's it's always fun. It's always nice when other talent sees your talent. That little stoke of ego. Yeah. It's It's, it's always nice. It's like when you guys get stoked for just coming onto this podcast. It's it's a good feeling. I was hyped. You know, it's just something silly, but I didn't realize how how hyped up you guys get for it, and I yeah. appreciate that. And this that. is my first podcast. I've been looking to land one for about a year now. Just to any, but I just, you know, you only know certain people, and you don't want to just go asking. And I don't know. I just try not to come off as desperate. Anytime I ask, I make sure that's the time that someone's going to help me out, if it, that makes any sense. Exactly what he said. If someone says, I'm no, say, I don't F with you, or I, oh, I cuss on Someone says, I don't fuck with you. Cool. I don't. I don't. You don't have to. I'll find someone who does, and we'll go tear up the scene. They'll co- go help me make that noise. But I do make a lot of noise at these open mics. Yeah. Like just last week, I got a little. If you know my name in this bitch, and they said K and R back, so I'm starting to like really see the results. Of, and that's all with poetry. I'm only on my third time performing music on a stage at Down Under. I've done all this run that uh, the initial run that I told you about was done with all poetry. Nice. Yes. See. So again, you guys think that you're only good at one thing he turned poetry into rapping that's um key example of a really good underground artist that has done that is watsky okay watsky I'm, won, I'm unfamiliar um he's out of bay area okay okay uh he won def jam poetry contest oh, like two I need, years I need in to a row more familiar then. <laughs> and he started off just as a poet writer okay and then Next thing you know, he's doing some hardcore raps that, right. like, he's done songs with MC Lars, Spos. Oh wow! Um, beefy MC, Fro- he's kind of more towards the nerdcore back right. backpack rap. But again, this dude, he's he's an underrated artist. Right, but, right. But that's how he started. I mean, he won poetry contests and okay. stuff, and then he was like, you know what? There's something else I can do with this. Yes. And that's cool that you say that, because it's nice that you started off doing poetry and then learned, look, I can evolve this into something yes. a little and different, a little more my, little more into something I like, uh, which yeah. is awesome. I was just going to say, I'm a little different because the poetry was only a means to land a not necessarily signed on deal, but land those opportunities to get put in somebody's studio. The the, show that, yeah. But I did put the, Content. of course there's passion in the words, but the actual poetry for me on those stages was only a means for someone to hear my words, to understand like, oh, this kid's actually very, very lyrical and that sort of deal. And that first person just happened to be Marcus Dupree with JVM Empire. Shout out merch by Marcus. Yes. Designed my logo, does all my printouts. He also... Uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, this beautiful merch shirt he made. Yes. Like, of course. Head up, Marcus, for almost any needs that involves printing and or stickers and or CD production. I mean, ask about my plug. <laughs> you know, like, he does all kinds of stuff. Shout out to him. Again, JB Empire. And he Love. is the executive producer of my first project, Unknown Legend. That's uh, because I have... 
I call them amateur releases. I do have amateur releases out, but I'm no producer. I don't understand frequencies. Basement cuts or whatever you want to call. We'll say I, I, sp I spend a lot of time in basements. That's for sure. But... Uh, old school guys would call them basement tapes. Okay, um, yeah. You younger guys are not allowed to use that term. If you... I'm 30, where do I fall in on that? I'm put... a 91 baby though. If, so I... if you put it on a computer, you're not allowed to call it a tape, guys. Okay, fair enough. I know most of you guys enjoy calling them tapes, but. I've only had like two artists on here that actually seen screwed with tapes. <laughs> I've seen that. And so I just kind of find it funny when, when we kind of go to the basement tapes because that's yeah. or, or like the bootleg the, tapes, yeah. you know, the, those are always the raw cut tapes of certain artists that okay. weren't always the best stuff. Right. It was just like raw. a side B type deal. Yeah, yeah. It was just total raw stuff. Uh, Grateful Dead has a ton of it. Okay. Um, Bob Dylan has a ton. Tommy Bolin has. I mean, almost probably every artist does. I just learned something. That's and awesome. some of them were the like when I was younger. That's the out of all my dad's collections, I always liked his basement tape collections. Okay. Because those were just the ones that were a hair different than the studio, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm a big fan of watching things evolve. Okay, then you're so gonna like, want to watch me, Adam. So like when you see. <laughs> Someone drop a track, and then a couple years later, they rework that track. Yes. And then they give you the demo version in that track, and then you can hear the subtle changes they did and the evolution of them as, as an artist. artist. And then once you know some of their other music, you can see where they've got their other... So they did a CD in between waiting for them two songs to get released, and you can tell how that one CD they made influenced the change in the song. Okay, we're going back, guys. Yes. Don't delete your old stuff. Like, again, you might think it's garbage, and it, it could be, but somebody else is going to listen to it, and they might like it. Like, yes. um, key example, Silent Chico, uh, I just interviewed him, and he was one of them guys that he was like, I have a whole bunch of old tapes that I just wasn't feeling, I thought were just my worst things I've ever done, and a buddy of mine was messing around on my computer, started listening to him. And now the single that's going to be for my new CD is one of the old songs I hated, but we reworked it. And, oh, that's awesome. You know, and, and that's the thing, I guys. love that creativity. Exactly. Like, So if you guys think something isn't going to work out, don't don't toss it. You know, Right, yeah, keep, work with keep it. Keep it and work with it and evolve. evolve. And, you know, maybe go back to it. Key example, Marilyn Manson, his first three studio albums is all of his unreleased underground music, just finer tuned. Right. Like, everybody thinks these were three brand new albums we got. And I wouldn't know the difference. I was still a little kid, so I was just, I was more at the age like, fucking Marilyn, but I didn't really know the like, music quite like that yet. And yeah, I didn't, I, got I didn't even realize the impact that music would, because, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, I was just saying, my two biggest influences, and there's a reason for it, would be Pac and M. And that's because Pac was a very, you know, strong leader and voice in his community. And Especially when you were growing up. Exactly. And then Eminem represents a, a white rapper. Or like Eminem me, was yeah, and then, and then, growing up. Yes. And I, I saw, obviously I saw, you know, Eminem's run more than Pac's run. But I was there at the tail end. And I remember, like, changes coming out. And I remember j being eight, nine years old, bumping to uh, California. You know, good old Dre. Yeah, so I people dude. people get surprised when they realize how far back my mind goes with this music stuff as far as influences go. But to give some time context, all that from the nervous hosting of uh, the Cube open mic to my down under performance, at like maybe my fourth one in because I wasn't doing them all. That I was only hitting them like take a few weeks off, come back. But this since I've been back, I've been doing at least one open mic since I've been back in July. Uh, I've been doing one open mic a week 
since the end nice. of July, and it just slowed down. I was doing Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays all week, every week, all the way up till just a couple weeks ago. Then it dropped down to two. Now I'm dropping it back down to one to start putting more focus into you know rebuilding some stuff and all that Working good awesome. stuff content yes so 2020 april 2020 i put out my first uh, i had a couple little whatever's out i put out my first album that i was proud of i thought i was proud of and uh, it goes back to the quality it's still up i still kept it up for time you know capsule reasons but it was called ufo flows and i think the creativity of that just and it's not even the creativity of it it's just that i was so ready to go out and promote it on these stages so i just do my poetry and i said i do got my first release coming out or whatever while doing after doing my poems i'd tell the audience this like you know dropped it it was garbage <laughs> quality wise i mean bar for bar i mean i don't need an advocate to prove my flow is adequate my raps is biohazard sick take the track you can fracture it that's not that bad for lyricism if you add like that's actual real lyricism in my mind that's a little line out of one of my songs and, and i'll tell you guys this um 90 percent of your lyrics probably aren't garbage it's you creating your own beats and doing it yes. and you being your worst critic that is very true. Um, so again, don't delete your stuff. <laughs> Feel free to have somebody else listen to it with a, a, an unbiased ear, guys. I'm telling you. So, some of you guys, I, I have a feeling, have trashed the next top ten Billboard charting hit, you know, because you just... The quality wasn't quite there. Yeah, because some of you guys kind of, you're, you're not enough butter over too much toast, you know. Exactly. You're, you're trying to do everything, and like K&R is doing... He's kind of took a step back and he's letting Marcus Dupree help with some of the engineering and exactly. stuff like that. Be, be honest, they are my beats and they are it's all my songs 100% from beat to lyrics. He just put you know runs me through his equipment and programs and, and that's not a deal for just anybody. I don't want to just give out like oh go hit it. I don't know anything. You know that's a, if he is blessed to uh, ask you to work with him, take it. That's all I can say because. I actually took a risk by even walking up to Marcus Dupree, to be honest, and I didn't even realize who I was walking up to. I just said, hey, bro, I heard you on stage. I thought you were really cold. And and what's the worst answer he could have told you? No? No, exactly. But, but instead, he got the best answer he could have had. Yes. Because, guys, take the opportunities. And Marcus, Handle listen. yourself professional when you're on the stage, because, again... You may not think it's much, but somebody like Dupree can help kickstart you in the right direction. They could lead you from being unknown to a podcast out, of, out in a few months' time. You know, you can... You, the, if guys, you got the drive. If you got the drive. Got, there's all kinds of guys out here that will push you in the right directions if you just open your mouth and ask. Yes. And, and again, and, some of them are going to tell you no, but don't think that means no to the whole scenario yes you know that just means no with that person there's 270 guys in this town you can hit up and ask for advice guys like if you didn't hear no 270 times to that question i don't want to hear why you gave up yet yeah you know exactly because if if you hear no once and you stop you really probably aren't trying exactly and no one told I, me no they just weren't prepared to take on such a project of an artist that i am I like let's put it say. this way your significant other. How many times they tell you no before you got in their pants? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, out of this I'm pretty sure you didn't give up right away on that one. Just uh, if you could be determined to get some pussy, you could be determined to chase your rabbit. Or or, or or some penis, guys. Because you know, <laughs> oh, or whatever, whatever you're trying to get. Yeah, I just went with my girls, personal preference or whatever is you know, whatever. Like, but seriously, I I know some of you guys have tried so hard to get with other people that 
if you tried that hard with your music, you would probably go really far. Yeah. You might have six albums with them six kids. <laughs> maybe six different record labels, too. Oh, I see why the scene fucks with Adam right here, right now. <laughs> um, so, you have an up-and-coming project. Yes, called Unknown Legend, which obviously it's because I'm, you know, making a lot of noise before I was ever even known. And with that, um, Marcus Dupree's helping you with that. Yes. Which is awesome. So yes. that's that's one of them cool things that I like, guys, because this is one of them ones that it all comes back in town and stays in town and supports the scene 100%. Yes. So it's this is one of them albums that once you see it drop, you go buy it, because not only are you helping K&R with an album sale, but you're helping Marcus Dupree by pushing work that he worked on. Yes. So remember... Not only by purchasing from an artist a shirt, remember, sometimes they outsource these to other guys in town, like Merch yes. by Marcus, and so then you're helping two local artists yes. do what they want to do. Exactly, and you're keeping... Um, and you, you keep your money here. Money here, and you just, you give back to the scene and help the scene continue to grow, because... Merch by Marcus does a lot of amazing things for a lot of artists out here that those artists might not have access to without it, to be honest. Like, he has a heart. I mean, we all know about my accident. Um, yes. I have my benefit coming up, and he did some wonderful print-offs of some really yeah. nice quality that I know cost a bit of money, and he just asked me how many I wanted. Yeah. You know, and that's because when he gets enough help and support and love, he shows it back. Yes. I'm telling you guys, definitely. when we spoil these artists and they break even on their merch sales, <laughs> they're more than happy to start handing it out and giving it to people yeah. and promoting I just, themselves. Uh, I did so good in my first couple of weeks, I just ran a deal at the Down Under, one buy one, get one free, $10 for two shirts. See for, that? And that's a nice logo for $10 for two shirts. I mean, that's... And that's because Down Under always is showing quality. me love. And, yeah. and again, guys, see that? He was able to do ten, two for $10 shirts. Buy one for yourself, get one for your girlfriend, and boom, you're super cool because you bought your girlfriend a shirt. Exactly. But you got a sweet deal because he's been pumping out enough merch and people have been supporting him enough that he's more than broke even on it. Something like that. <laughs> well, <you laughs> And know, this is I, literally my first, I'm in the first 20 in, shirts of my first in run. In your eyes, you've... I've, I've you, got enough to give back to the, yeah, give back to the audiences who were giving me this. You've made enough to feel comfortable to... Right. Again, with if you guys haven't watched the episode with Comatose, like him and his pre-orders, there's a reason he gives you a little special thing with the pre-order, and then after they drop, I'm telling you, he spoils people with all kinds of merch packs and yeah, stuff like okay. that. You know, and that's why it's important. Like, fuck you guys. What did Garth Brooks do for you? Ninety-three thousand of you fucking hey. idiots. Nothing. <laughs> he canceled his tour afterwards because he made so much fucking money off of 93,000 stupid fucking people looking at goddamn Garth Brooks when there was three local shows going on that weekend. Three. And they were dead as fuck, but 93,000 of you fuckers. What, like, Slipknot didn't even pull in them fucking numbers. And they're hometown fucking heroes from Des Moines. You fucking idiots. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. K&R does not. How many, does how not, many fucking $40 fucking I've never had to give out a... Like, how, how much fucking merch does fucking Garth Brooks give out at $40 a fucking shirt when 93,000 of you fucking idiots probably bought it? Then he probably talked Nebraska fucking stadium and he'd be like, hey, I want some of them beer sales too if I'm going to do this country concert in your goddamn football stadium. 
Like, were you guys that desperate to see Garth Brooks' shitty music? If this was going to happen on Memorial... any podcast, it was going to be mine, so keep to, going. To be on Memorial <laughs> Stadium. Like, what, what was your choice there, fuckers? Like, goddamn. Fuck Garth Brooks and fuck you people that spent that much money on one fucking ticket to sit at Memorial goddamn Stadium and catch COVID and listen to the shittiest country singer that has ever existed. Again, at least fucking Billy Ray Cyrus gave us Miley, man. Like... Get, get the fuck out of here. At least she was on a wrecking ball naked, bastards. And fucking, what, what, what did fucking Garth Brooks give us? One song that Smoke Break covered better in my backyard. <laughs> Fuckers. I so, love it. I love the energy. <laughs> no, if it's going to happen, then you might as well pick one of the rats, <sighs> podcast to do it with. I, Fuckers. I've met so many rappers. And I just want to say real quick, I've met so many rappers and they all know who they are. And thank you. Because each and every one of them has been a piece of advice. That's elevated me to the next level. And uh, I don't even feel comfortable saying his name because I don't want it to be a clout chasing thing. But uh, he was a millionaire just waiting on his check. I'll say that. And I met him and he passed away shortly two months into us meeting each other. And I had bought one of his shirts and gotten, he'd, you know, just give me some advice how to self-fund a merch brand. So major shout out to him too. I just, uh, like I said, I don't feel, I don't want anyone to think I'm clout chasing and it's kind of one of those names where it's like, does he really know? But his name is Lon, I don't know if you ever heard of him, Lon Meezy. I have met Lon Meezy and I was, you know, after I bought his shirt, I was like, he's like, you know what I mean? The person I want some advice from. So I, you know, hey, how you doing? I, I went and listened to those tracks we talked about, uh, you know, loved them. And went, I believe uh, Marcus has had some. That's how I met, that's. All right, let me rephrase something. Almost, almost a lot of these bigger names I've met is because of Marcus Dupree, but Nevis was my own. Like, I did that on my own. There, there's still a lot that I had to do on my own before I even met Marcus. After Marcus, a lot of the, like, meeting you is because of Marcus, more than likely. More, oh, no, actually, it was a Strawstone post. It all depends on who... It was a Strawstone post about your accident, and I was like, man, that's not how I can meet bro right now. Give him time to... <laughs> He'll get his life, whatever, because whatever, and then I'm going to just keep putting eyeballs until he invites me <laughs> under his post until he finally invites me on his podcast. And, and here you are. I, Shout out Strawstone, Nice Enough Entertainment. Yes, um, for sure. They, they're they doing great things yes. for the scene. Like they, I love the local scene. That they have such a packed out. October coming up. It's awesome. I know, and I'm so... Like, October's just and the one course, month. a packed October when I can't work. <laughs> so, hey, you guys feeling some love? Send me tickets. There you wink, go. Wink, he nudge, deserves nudge. them. If I, if I had any. My first show is on October 23rd, by the way, with Nappy Face Entertainment. Nappy Face. Shout out to Evan <laughs> Ulrich. So, I've met him. I've met a couple of his artists. Uh, I was at an open mic, but then I met him at a Nappy Face show after. I met Devin at the show, but... He had seen me in passing while a couple of his artists was at an open mic. Loki, the Don, and Mookie Loke. Those are two that I've met. So, yep. like, you'd be Loki so... hits up a lot of open mics. Yes, and it... he and he tears them up like it's a fucking paid show. Oh, like, it, 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 he, I love he it. He performs like he's in front of you know thousands of people, no, no matter, matter what. what size crowd he yes. is or where he's at. That's why, again, um, if you guys aren't familiar with Loki, the Don, go look him up. He is definitely one of them guys that I'm just name dropping like. If you watch a live performance by him, you're not going to be disappointed. He brings so much energy and vibe, and it's yeah. like the first time I seen him, I was like, "Oh my god, I love this dude!" Yeah. And then every time I see him afterwards, <laughs> it's just such a great 
yes. show. Like, he gets everybody involved and gets people hyped up. And, and I still have to make it to a show that he... Because the, the nappy face I went to, Mookie was there. And I was very fortunate. It's like... God, I don't. I don't want to say anything that anyone doesn't believe in, but I, God looks out for me on this stuff, and He's just put me in the. If you see really the, my story, He's really just put me at the right person at the right time. And they weren't necessarily the person who took me and you know made me songs and stuff, but they gave me just that little key advice. But I was lucky they were able to go on. I was able to go on before their spot, so they heard me perform my poetry. And right as I was walking off stage, they're coming up like, "Nice job," and giving me a little advice and Again. stuff. So, Listen you know. to this. You get advice from everywhere, from everyone, and you put it together. Yes. And, and you evolve from that. Don't take one person's advice as solid stone. Yes. You know, you, you again, he's had probably several artists tell him several different things, and he's learned from each one of them. Yes. And, and that's why it's important, guys. Stay professional. Watch other people's sets. Don't just... Yeah. Don't just perform and leave. Like, don't hang outside and smoke for 45 fucking minutes while Sorry, other Adam. artists are fucking performing. <laughs> That's the only one they got me on. <laughs> like, that. I, I don't mean to be a dick no, to you guys, but, like, you'll miss out on some... I, I mean, there's... Yeah, no, yeah. I seen it where there was a lady up from Kansas City performing... And there's a bunch of guys outside, and I can tell you what, you have no idea who that lady from Kansas City was. Right, and I'm talking about open mics, I'm not talking about no, shows. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, the open mics is where I'm guilty of that, like a Well, and, and an open mic is an open mic. Right, but exactly. Again, it, open mics are a little... But when it comes to the show, I came to see those different artists and to watch their stage presence from you my know, perspective, so I'm like, in there, you know? If you're an opener at a local show, you you should be watching the other acts to learn from them. Exactly, and I'll tell you what, uh, never do like stop saying my motherfucking name, but at his headlining show, it was awesome because I, I uh, you take risk in this lifetime, and you know, who knows what you're supposed to do, but you take risk in this lifetime, so his very last song, I sat on the edge of the stage while he was performing, I just watching the crowd, just w watching what he was, you know what I mean, like, I want to see how the crowd's reacting while he's up there killing it, you know what I mean, so I most definitely am very, very observant. And again, and like he said, that sort of deal. He's not just watching the artist; he's watching how the artist interacts with the crowd. Like, and what gets the crowds hyped, and, and I'm pretty good how to at catch it. Catch the crowd's attention. I'm pretty good at it, you know, by myself. But I just, you know, like I don't know. It's just, it's always good to. Know that you're on the right path. Even if you're doing the same thing as the artist, it's still good to check it out just to say, hey, I'm doing the same thing. You're never a master of your craft. I still learn new ways. I've been painting for 10 years, and I still okay. do, still learn new stuff that I'm just like, damn, how did I not figure this out nine years ago? Right. You know? So, guys, even if you think you're perfect, just you're always learning. Always learning. And if you're not, then you're staying still, and that's not an uh, elevation. Yeah, then you're getting stale. Exactly. And then four albums sound exactly the same, and yes. nobody knows what your new single was because I thought it was your last six. Well, from, uh, <laughs> that's a good little say. <laughs> from UFO Flows, I realized that I had started, the whole year went, the rest of 2020 went by, I put out one more thing thinking I was done. I was like, in my mind, I was like, I'm putting out this last little poetry release with four songs. Because I'm done. I can't figure out the production side. And uh, I was ready to give up. And that's when I had the actual conversation 
with Dupree, the actual like, hey, here's it is. This was months after the fact, you know. He said, hey, you, I saw you put out this project, but I told you to get a hold of me before you did. And I was like, told him my situation, and I'm not gonna get in on here because it's a very sad story. But told him my actual situation of why I just had to do what I could do and get it out and leave it alone. And I told him, I and I was like, besides, it don't matter because I'm quitting after that. And then he said, what would it take for you not to quit? And now most people is going to be like, oh, I need to drop a couple thousand, invest a couple thousand on yeah, me, yeah, sign yeah. me to JBM, all that stuff. I was like, really, all I really need from you is just for you to take these beats that I have and run me through your programs and executive. That's all. I didn't even know to call it executive producing at the time, but yeah. I was just like, I just need you to engineer layer, a project for layer, me. right? Right. Get, I, and like, it. I told him, I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, I have all my lyrics written. I have my beats. I come in prepared. This I don't need ghostwriters. None of that. I just need the equipment and the professional mind behind me. And he took me on as guys, a project. It's a little more than just rapping over a beat. Yes, um, a lot you more. rap on a mic, and they take your recorded voice tracks and put it over the beats, and that's how it sounds so much better than you yes. just recording over beats, guys. And that's where I started from. And K and R learned that off of his first one. Some of you guys are a couple in and haven't learned that. No. I got lucky, and one thing I did learn that I was doing, I'll give out a little secret here, fuck it, because they, you know, they show love, so I'll show love back. I was boosting my frequencies in the effects, and as soon as I took all, as soon as I went back through all these different ones that I had, and started taking my effects back, to, or my frequencies back down to what I was taught to take them back down to, I'll leave it at that, and uh, I took them right to where it needed to be, and... They sound so much clearer. The pot hits. That was my that was my second my fourth twenty twenty one release, which was six of the most. Because you know, even though it's you know not the best quality, people still show up for the music based off my poems and me telling yep. them that I'm an artist. So the six most streamed songs off of UFO flows. I went back and I did all those little tricks that I learned, which they're still amateur sounding because they're not professional equipment. But no, it's what it is. You but George can, Lucas them a little bit and remastered them. exactly. And then I went from at that point in time I was at five hundred streams at that point in time i was at 500 streams ever since then i've gone over a thousand streams from april 21st till now always without my first studio release out yet and that's where it goes back to you guys don't throw your old stuff away and don't think that you can't rework something yeah. that is old and See, don't be afraid just, to market it he went back and cleaned it up a little bit and remarketed it and look he got himself up a little more of a following from it i mean um, Sam did the same thing with the uglier. He had it okay. released. It sounded kind of ugly as it was. It was a few right. years old, and then he left that record label. Come out with this other uglier, and the new one. You, I don't even dare call it a remake because it just sounds that much higher quality. Quality, right? I that you you're know. like, damn, this is almost a whole brand new CD. <laughs> what do you mean this right. is a remake? Like, dude, this is so like there's no hiss on it and right. stuff. Like, because again, when Sam did his, his, he he was doing tracks with like straight recording from one cassette tape to the other. Oh, cassette okay. Tape. I'm a... And so you know, you build up okay. hiss on them. Yeah. And so, like, he he definitely George Lucas himself. Um, do we have a ETA on the oh 2022 for sure. Okay, it's ready. I'm just now that's up to the point where. I've done, for the last two months, I've done my poetry to get audiences and telling them, hey, this is going to be coming around, the shirts and the release. I'm saving this. I, I don't know if people know my, uh, I'm saving this for a special day of life for me. We'll just say it that way. All right. <laughs> special day of life for me. And uh, it will be 2022. I'll say spring. Okay. That's fair enough. If anything happens and it doesn't come out, I'm sorry. This is the first time I've promoted a release and over, out of, out of, 
my four CDs and few singles because I, I there's some stuff I've taken down. You know, sex sells. Yeah. Sex sells in the smoke session was both taken down. And then uh, No Cosign was also taken down, which No Cosign was my very first EP. It's four tracks about how I'm independent. I don't, you know, we're going to buck back against the industry. The Independence Art Esteem is what I called it, No Cosign. And nice. um, that was just a little history that I actually have music that I've taken down because I was just so, like, need to get that down for quality reasons. But I kept some of it up for time capsules. And here we are now. Just uh, this is going to be studio released with uh, Marcus Dupree. So. Most definitely love Keep our eyes peeled for that, guys. It's a good... Now, I will be doing all four songs at the Nappy Show, Nappy Face Show, so, you know. 23rd. And, and uh, this Wednesday, I picked up a 10 o'clock spot, which is the earliest I've picked up in a long time at the Down Under, at least since I've... Just, I've been wanting to do later slots while I've been debuting this music, so... It's just slowly, like, only a few audiences are here. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm all about building hype. Like, I like I promoted UFO flows as I'm invading K&R, Kyle Knight Raw, whatever, is invading the rap game, is invading all streaming platforms. And then 12 a.m., it drops. It was 420, so April 19th turns into 420 on, on midnight. And I'm saying uh, UFO flows has invaded Apple Music early and ran 90 streams up just based off that post alone. And I was like... Damn, that's not too bad. And like for an unknown artist, non mixed and mastered music, and yeah, 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 almost a hundred streams just based off of how much promotion I put in at different. That, and you're probably not maxed out on Facebook, friends. No, you my know? Facebook has changed. Uh, well, I've deleted my old one, which I took in certain screenshots of certain conversations with people, whatever, just for memory's sake for me. But I deleted the old one and then started fresh on this fresh run. Nice. And yeah, so. So. We have a show April 23rd, or April 23rd, <laughs> October. How do you guess the date? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, I just dropped the uh, release date. You were, you were a few days off. <laughs> a few days close. So, Sorry. we got October 23rd, Wired Pub, Nappy Face Entertainment Show. We have the Unknown Legends dropping spring 2022. Again, he has his merch game up, guys. I, some of you guys have more albums than shirts. I don't it's I, I, I'm blessed like I said I was blessed with the guardian angel in this shit so I'm no I'd probably be right where they were if I didn't meet who I met that early on but then again this you. is what this podcast is for so you guys get that advice some of these guys didn't get early on in their career yes you I know, wanna, that's why I'm thankful you guys come in here and tell me about how you get started right and how yes. you got into it because then some of these guys may be real leery about it or yeah and like I said what it. what I did was not a blueprint I don't Honestly, I don't suggest it unless you are very confident. Because what I was doing is I was going up to these rappers who are rappers and very belief in their own skills and saying, hey, I'm uh, bar for bar, I'm one of the hardest you will hear in this place tonight. And I took that risk, you know. And I, and I made it clear bar for bar because it's poetry. And I'm also a punchline poet. And I can do deeper poetry. But on these stages, I love punchline poetry because it just... It smacks harder to me. Well, that's what, at a at an open mic night. That's what's going to catch them. Exactly. Like I, I did a couple down at the Barley Street Tavern for stand up comedy. Oh, okay, I was going to say was, oh. uh, when they did the stand up comedy mic nights on Wednesdays there. Okay, are you uh, so you're a comedian? No, or I mean I don't inspiring know. Inspiring comedian. <laughs> I just I'm a guy that 
I get you. Enjoys life. I did a mixed martial arts fight and went nine minutes and got the shit beat out of me for nine minutes. But holy shit! You know, I didn't tap out. I didn't get knocked out, but I went all nine minutes. That's what matters the and most. Everybody's like, "Why'd you do that?" I don't know. Something yeah. to jock off the list. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's most definitely. Why did I house. go and rub my mustache all over Mike and Morgan's leg in sensuous moments? For special moments, like it's because I don't know. Life you, is life. You give me the opportunity, and I'm going to take the best of it. That, then that's that's where I come from, Jake. Can, like, every little opportunity, even the smallest little piece of advice, and turning it into the key to the answers. You know, my key thing is, guys, you only live once. Don't let no deter you from enjoying it. There you go. Like there's, I don't know. Just too much. Too, not enough time and too much things to. If enjoy. you didn't learn one thing about from the stupid pandemic, is enjoy the shit while you have it. Hands down, that's one thing Michael Showalter has taught me. Enjoy the little moments. You never know when they're not going to be there. Um, so, this turned I into think, a comatose episode. I think we, yeah, we hit everything on my list okay. except for my final questions that I'm going to ask it away. I'm going to nail you with Good. Um, three people for a dream collaboration. <laughs> can be any any genre of music. Okay. Um, you can have like a drummer, guitarist, a keyboarder. Uh, Fizzy the beatboxer. I, if I could beatbox, if he could beatbox while I rap, then we could drop that as a project. That'd be nice. All right. Dupree. Marcus. Marcus Dupree. Man, I'd never even thought about a collab till this very question. So I'm pretty. <laughs> Wow, uh, the King Archer, King Archer would be the third because I didn't say his name, but he was the my sister's boyfriend, ex, whatever. They got their life going, you know. They broke, split, split up, but me and him still stayed cool. But King Archer is actually he's locally uh, moved to where he moved to, and he kind of you know we talk a lot and stuff, and he's kind of like you know. Just driving, you know, just pushed me to get to these open mics. So shout out to him. So I would definitely love to have a collab with him. I, and I mean, I don't even do, I, I probably couldn't even afford the feature for a lot of these artists. Because I met, like, I met a lot of these artists right at their elevation to where then now they're up at the next the level. The best thing about this and, podcast is, is you never know who's watching it, bro. Because some I of these guys all may, artists, that's for sure. Some of these guys may think. You know, whoever's on here is dope enough just by the way they conducted themselves. Yes. They, they'll be like, look, dude, I'm, I want to hit you up for a feature. Right. You know, versus you hitting them up. If we do it, I most definitely, I'd have to stop by their studio. I can't just send them off a track or whatever. I can't do that, but I could most definitely. I'm willing to drop into anyone's studio that's willing to invite me for sure for a feature. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. I like hearing that. Um. So then, if you're stuck listening to one song the rest of your life, not necessarily on repeat, but anytime you heard music play, it's this one song. What's one that song? one song? Wow, you hit me with a good one. It's I probably can't even... You hit me with a really good one, Adam. It was the very last one you got me on. I, there's just so many... I'm gonna keep it real basic because you got you got me. I'm admitting that to the Mountain Jew review. He got me on this last question. <sighs> Probably the most positive song you could think of. I don't know. I just I would want it to be if I have to. I'd want it to be positive. So at least I have that positive 
uh, energy in my life at that in that moment. But the "Don't Worry, Be Happy" song. Nice. Don't worry. Be, be happy. Because I don't listen to that song enough, and that's actually like my struggle song. Like, not struggle meditation type song. Like, like real quick. Just I won't be, but I meditate a lot of this. Like a lot of times leading into my open, I'm meditating. I'm listening to my beats. I'm I'm very. I take I. I don't take myself serious, but I take my craft very serious. So if I ever do come off like I take myself serious, that's why I'm too serious. But that being said, I'm Kyle. Good night. The Unknown Legend. Thanks for fucking with me, Mountain Jew Review. We got KR. I want to thank you very much for stopping by the Mountain Jew no, Review. No, thank you for having me. And it'll be a great honor to declare you officially. Tramp stamp approved. Fucking right, I appreciate it. And it will be a great honor for your audience. Oh, you already turned it off. But I, just I just knew that I wanted to hit that stage with the confidence of I'm bringing the show to the crowd and I've earned my spot to be here. And this is why. I most definitely wanted that to, you know, come across to the audience like. He's been here. He's here for a reason. They didn't just go get a random person down the street type shit, you know, and I really enjoyed it. It was, it was, you know, like not nerve wracking in a nervous way, just like a, like a, I finally made it kind of way. Like we just need to keep this momentum going type shit. And, uh, Really, that's about it. You know, I will be like completely transparent in this message and say that I did a lot of practice in leading into that first one and always am doing a lot of practice in leading into the next one and a lot of promote. And that's uh, K&R Raw talking about this first show that's we're playing next after his interview. Um, give it a good listen. He got a show coming up Saturday. That's tomorrow night at the Wired Pub. Check them out. There's a couple good artists on that show that we had on as interviews. Silent Chico. Um, there's a bunch of them. So just be positives on it. That's one of his first headlining shows. So there's three wonderful artists on that show that we got to interview on this. And just like you heard K&R said earlier, you know, this is, he, he practices hard. He promotes hard for these shows. So give his first show a spin after this. Thanks.
ready when you are. This first one's called the Good Go. Count Ira, bless you with his presence. Listen up to yonder legend. All this marijuana consumption, they wonder how I function. The real blue was picked, really gush, got me dizzy. Had a blue dream, if you get me, I'm kicking with the buttercup. Turn is a quarter spoke, listen to the wisdom that he spoke. Life can be sour like the diesel. Bye. 